Welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones, owner of Q Performance, where we assist tradie business owners to earn more, work less, and ultimately create a great lifestyle for themselves and their family to really ensure that the business serves them. Through our Power Up program, we coach, we mentor, we guide, we provide templates, tools, and tips in a, in a thriving community to really assist tradie business owners go to that next level in a seamless fashion. We're passionate about learning. We're passionate about people working smarter, not harder. And in this episode, this is a great episode from my point of view with Matthew Lowlett, Matty Lowlett, the owner and operator from Endless Landscapes based in Wollongong. Now, Matty's been a, a long-time loyal client of ours on our Power Up program since 2014 now. And you really hear Maddie's journey here. Maddie's been on a on a roller coaster journey, like pretty much every business owner out there. Nothing goes in a straight line from a business perspective. There's always ups and downs, but there's some really key learnings here on on Maddie's journey now of ten plus years of being a business owner, and how he really, since COVID, he had really pivot his business in terms of saying no to types of clients. So he got really focused in on the type of client he wanted to work for. He really got focused in on his team. He invested plenty in his team, good connection, good buying. You know, really developed his team members and created this thriving environment for his team members to personally grow and opportunities to grow. And then really listen to Matty too, how he's really focused on his numbers, using his numbers to give him peace of mind to make educated decisions going forward. So really... Great takeaways here for everyone. A lot of people will be able to resonate with with Maddie's story. It's definitely a great podcast, and I really enjoyed uh, this, the discussion we had. And I hope you enjoy the conversation as well. Cheers, everyone. You're here to change your life because there's too much on the line. You're sacrificing shitload now, and your family need to benefit. You got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come to realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. So, Matty Lowlett from Endless Landscapes, thanks for having you on board, Champ. You've been a client of Q Performance and on the Power Up program since 2014, mate. So, you've been a long-term loyal client, mate. So, good to finally get you on the podcast. Yeah, a bit of a journey, hasn't it been? It's been a great journey, right? And especially the last couple of years. And that's where I want to sort of delve into what's been happening the last couple of years. But let's throw back to say that 2014 when you were early in your journey as running a business. Because in 2014, how long have you been running a business? Were you running endless landscapes before you uh, connected with yeah. us? As a as a company structure, we were we were 2012. So yeah. we're we're coming up to eleven years this year, but prior to that, I was running around as a sole trader. So I've sort of been running a business um, to some extent since two thousand and seven. Yep. So so quite a long time, and just sort of yeah, building it, and it's evolved and changed, and you know, um, I really enjoy the business side of things. I really enjoy what I do, full stop. But um, yeah, it's obviously investing in myself and trying to get it right, and you know, still learning and still building and, and getting it right and continuing that journey to sort of, you know, create opportunities for people who work for me um, as well as myself and, 
and yeah, just I'm really enjoying it, and we're in a good spot, and yeah, it's exciting. No, it's definitely exciting, especially where our position now. But coming into that 2014 stage where we we first connected, and so you'd, at that stage you've been operating for six years or there about six years. What was some of, coming into that six year mark? What were some of the the reasons or the I suppose the motivation to to contact us and and get that external help? What were some of the the things you were facing at the time where you thought, shit, I need some help here. I need some guidance or assistance. Yeah, I think it was really about just trying to push it to that next level and and understand, like obviously working with yourself, we've, we've been able to, you know, really build the numbers around the business and how the business actually works and learning that side of it. Like obviously I was classic background, right? You, you work in the business, on the business, and um, sort of you, you've taught me to change that mindset of working in the business daily to sort of on the business continually, right? This is not a quick fix, but a continual process that we build on to to make it better and better systems and just understanding that. And I think that was probably the traction of just, you know, we're in a good spot. We were doing okay. But um, I don't think I'd ever been given the knowledge required to operate a business to how it should be run yeah you're very good on the tools you're very good at getting things done you're very good at delivering and i think that's where you're definitely unique to most trading business owners out there where we provide you with the knowledge the templates the how-to and then you really took it to the next level right in terms of knowing the numbers and really sort of understanding them which is again very unique uh, and like you sort of mentioned, using those numbers then to really tailor your decision-making uh, and giving you that confidence moving forward. Because when we started in that 2014 and, you know, we got a lot of traction and and this is where I want business owners to understand that it's a journey, is that, you know, over the, the preceding years, some things didn't, you know, it wasn't a straight line, right? Uh, Not at all. Yeah. You know, there's times there over those those years around that 15, 16, 17, 18 where you think, oh, no, I've sort of got this, I'm okay, and where you, you sort of take your, your focus off working on the business or what we call the success habits. You don't really bring your A game to ma- managing the business appropriately and you, and you got sucked back in to a degree in the business again, agree? And you were doing a lot. So for our listeners, you know, Matty's based at Wollongong, doing a lot of projects, in this in Sydney, would you agree you're definitely running around being really, really busy, but it was to the detriment of your cash flow and also your personal health? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can only run around for so long. And like I say, being busy is different to being productive, you know, and, and, and you can easily get caught up in, yep, we got jobs. Let's get them done. We make money. We move on to the next quote. We get the quote one. We move on. We do the job. But there's more to it than that if it's going to be a long-term play, I think. I think that can only get you so far for so long. Mm-hmm. And um, what we realised was is that all of a sudden we were coming up against these other bits and pieces where we hadn't concentrated on other things within the business other than getting the job won and done. And then those cracks sort of started to show. And as we as we grew, there's less, there's less room for error because – You've got staff that rely on you. You've got your family that relies on you and you can't be, you know, having those cracks sort of splinter through. And so it was really about trying to to patch those holes and learn and build 
um, out systems to sort of stop those cracks developing. And like you say, the success habits, and they're still true today, right? Like if you take a month off, you're three months behind because you, you sort of didn't continue what you needed to do and all of a sudden it shows up. So, yeah, you might have solved another problem by getting the job done, but, you know, you've got a cash flow issue because you weren't sending out your invoices on time or, you know, you weren't just didn't continually get in and send them out when they needed to be done and that creates another problem. Uh, but sometimes you just get caught up in that focus and I think that's where I was, was, yep, I'm just getting the job done. We, we've got these jobs here and we're getting them done and we're not looking at those success habits of, forecasting work and forecasting pipeline and then all of a sudden jobs that you thought you may have been doing they're not happening anymore and there's no backup because you you just weren't looking at it. and it could be as simple as just looking at a spreadsheet right it doesn't have to be super complicated but you need to have some sort of goal or system or target that you're running to yeah 100 and that's where that sales pipeline process that you are definitely doing a great job on now and that forecasting looking forward make sure your pipeline is full and the key thing there about and this is with everyone listening it's not having a pipeline full of just a b c d clients it's having a pipeline full of a clients and i think when you've got that visibility looking forward and especially when you're thinking about we want to be profitable it's not about turnover we don't care about turnover it's about profit if you want profit, you know then you need to have in your pipeline A-class clients that value what you deliver. They're prepared to pay. They pay on time. Agree? Yes. And and some of the tough calls that you made, especially leading into COVID, sticking to the process through COVID and saying no to jobs, you know, pulling back from Sydney, pulling back from types of commercial work that you're doing and really positioning your business for work that you love doing, that your team love doing, you know, more to your skill set, but more importantly, the clients now that you're working with, they really appreciate and value your expertise. You know, it's great the way that you've got in, you know, providing designs and you're really sort of stepping the client. And this is where what you've done really well. You've really provided your clients with peace of mind from the design right through the construct and the completion stage because now you're focusing on that type of client as opposed to trying to focus on all clients, which mm. keep you busy. Um, so that's a, a key thing with you that you've done really well with your success habits is that, you know, I can't focus on all clients. It's not about being busy. It's about what are the types of clients I've got to do really well. And I want to talk about your team in a little bit because you've done a great job um, on your team. But just from your listener's point of view, so with Maddie, really did working really hard through COVID, a lot of change. And I think we've all been, everyone's got their own COVID story. And then coming out of COVID, especially in, in, in New South Wales, pretty much rained the whole 2022, right, Matty? Mm. Not far off. And when you're a landscaper, that's pretty tough. And what you delivered in 2022, calendar year 2022, in terms of not many days, you know, a lot of the team was still getting in isolation with COVID, um, sick, and again, it was a tough market to recruit, but to your credit, what you delivered in the six months was unbelievable from January to to July. So for the first six months, you pretty much, I think, delivered over a million dollars worth of work in, in six months alone compared to the previous six months. I think you only delivered about $600,000 worth of work. So what you were able to, to deliver in that last you know 12 months was exceptional and Congratulations to you. you. got one of our awards, the Educating Award. And just to let 
in terms of what Matty did in that six months, he increased his revenue by 300 and uh, what have we got here? 338K, 338,000, which is a whopping 27%. And again, coming back to it now, and this is what I want you to sort of explain, Matty. Yeah, how do you get the confidence to say no to certain clients again? Because it's easy. Everyone gets feeling of to be busy and I don't want to say no. But what really got you to the stage where, you know what, I need to get focused here. I need to say no to a certain client base. I need to really get my team and what you're alluding to, you know, my quoting right, my managing the jobs right, so my cost of sale is right, my profitability is right. So how how did that when did that sort of that light bulb that really confidence come to say yeah no I'm scrapping all this type of work I think we toyed with it you know geographically um, where we were trying to focus our work for a while we always knew that you know like we always used to run into Sydney and people who worked for me were used to running into Sydney from when they did their trade or if they weren't directly working for me previously they were running into Sydney and we just thought that that was the way it needed to be but it wasn't. Mm. And then I think around the time that COVID sort of struck, I can't remember, 2021, we were in this hole, not a hole, but like we were we were very reliant on we were a contractor. We were not we're not the head contractor. So we were working for other people a lot and not so much having our own job where it was, you know, we, we it was reliable client. and it was it was good. But, you know, when that thing ended there was a bit of a hole. So I think that was a light bulb, right? Right. We've got a chance to reset here. We know where we want to focus. So let's start, right? And and the results that you talk about there, they're not, you know, an overnight thing. That was probably 12 to 18 months of getting to that point and turning the gears and then things start to settle. And we've been able to springboard from that point now to sort of where we are and we're doing we're doing some good things and the opportunities that we were looking at to do for our for our team and and for ourselves personally are, are they're happening mm. due to all those choices that we made and the, the refocus of, all right, we're not going to go to Sydney. We're not going to say yes to doing commercial work where we're just a singular trade amongst 10 trades that are working for a big builder because we're at the mercy of everyone else. We want to be the head contractor. Yeah, there's probably a little bit more risk and things that we need to do to to protect ourselves in making that decision, to focus in doing that, but Overall, once we'd made that decision, it turned out to be, you know, the right thing for us, which sort of helped us deliver the results. You know, you weren't at the mercy of, you know, this guy hasn't turned up today, so you guys are going to have to go away and reshuffle yourselves. You, you're in the front seat. You're the guy trying to get everyone to play on the same team, you know. It's by your rules and your values and just having that focus, like I say, both geographically and, and what type of work stream that we were looking for mm. um, has been really rewarding to sort of see that all come together. And I think and this is where massive credit to you, mate, and, and pat on the back in terms of staying persistent with that and resilient and patient and whatever other word you want to throw in there, which comes into that the, what we talk about a lot, that latent potential where you don't see the results straight away it takes time, but staying, you know, true to yourself and true to the again, sticking to the process of the success habits. And one of the things you alluded to, which you did really well, was you know, following up leads because of COVID, you had a lot of key projects that were on hold, but you just didn't let that sit idle. You stayed in contact with your relationships or the leads. You kept fostering those. You kept staying top of mind with those so that when and for some, I think 
one in particular, it was about 18 months later that it sort of, okay, we're ready to go now, you were front and centre. Why? Because you took the time to actually stay in contact with the client. You took the time to show the client that you care and I'm ready for you when you're ready to go. And that's a massive thing that most tradie business owners don't do. They just think, oh, the job's on hold, I'll forget about now and, and, and rush off to something else, the next shiny object. So I think credit to you to staying resilient and persistent there on doing the little things that don't give you the results straight away, but they give you the big payoff down the track. And just for the listeners, just on the back of 2022, for the first half of this calendar year, so from July to December, FY23, so to July 2022, December 2023, yeah, Maddie, good job, $1.2 million revenue. Really low wage costs at 21%, tight cost of sale, operating profit pushing towards 15%. So again, and what I want everyone to take away here is that by doing the little things really well, you can really position yourself. It's not about being busy, busy, busy one year and then catch a breath and then having to go again. You've done really well at positioning yourself, building assets, building your reputation, building your team to start leveraging these opportunities that when they present that you wouldn't have had a lot of these opportunities in the past because you didn't have time because you were busy trekking up and down to Sydney doing too many jobs. What's your take on that? Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Like the latent potential is a big one, you know. We've done obviously a lot of thought process around that and that's that's essentially exactly where it is, right? Like nothing is going to happen overnight. You've got to continually push forward. And some days you, you're going to feel like it's not going to happen and you, you're kicking stones down the road, but it's essentially just slowly building. And if you've got that long-term mindset, this long-term play in your business, which I think a lot of people do, um, if they've got the right people around them, that, you know, you are going to have a bad year, right? But how bad that year is going to be is going to rely around these systems that you built, the hard work that you put in behind the scenes, you know, like you say, if you, if you haven't got the time because you're in the car and you, you're travelling four hours a day, how are you going to ha- ever have time to make those things better unless you're sacrificing your own personal time? And I think we all agree that, you know, we're, we're happy to sacrifice some personal time, but if you can peel back three hours a day in travel, mm. refocus, re-strategize, you know, build better relationships and over, you know, 12, 18 months just continually do those success habits week in, week out, month in, month out, year on, year out, you will see the results as, as latent potential. All of a sudden everything sort of clicks and that's not to say that you're not going to have a shitty week or a shitty month, mm. but you're going to bounce back a lot better if you've got those key things in play continually. And coming back to that latent potential, we see just in society in general, people aren't patient. They expect it to happen straight away. You, know, you put on an apprentice and you expect that apprentice to hit the ground running or a new tradesman, you expect them to hit the ground running. Um, or you, you invest in training your team and you're not getting the results straight away. It's just like, oh, it's a waste of time. Or you invest in new marketing or you know you start looking at your numbers and you just not get, or you, you can even get a new shiny object, new shiny uh, bit of equipment. Oh, it's not working straight away. And this is what you've done really, really well is because, again, proceeding these good financial results. You know, you had some really tough six-month blocks there where, you know, things were hitting the mark. And this is where I want everyone to really tap into what Maddie said there. It's about playing a long game. As a business owner, 
Okay, you can't measure it by six months, 12 months, 18 months. You are investing in a long-term game here, which is five years, 10 years, 15 years. You're building a brand. You're building an asset. How can you build an asset? How can I build a scalable business where I can generate good quality of life, good return on my investment so I can actually earn more, work less, and come back to create a great life? So because it is ultimately, it's all about, yeah. I've got the responsibility driving this business to facilitate my family's lifestyle. So again, really, really important there for everyone to 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 take note about that playing a long game. And again, credit to you, mate, for being that persistence and really hats off in terms of the way that you've dedicated yourself to the success habits, making sure, and just for everyone out there, success habits means you block time in your calendar to look at your sales pipeline. You uh, block time in your calendar to look at your numbers, to look at your your quoting structure, your actual V budget, profitability, you know, to invest in your team. So these are all key things that you just put in your calendar. Now, for those of you who are listening, and I can probably hear you already saying, oh, I haven't got time for that. You haven't got time not to do this. Okay. You have not got time not to do this. So you've got to invest in, like what Matty's saying, working on the business, because otherwise you can quickly work hard. But at the end of the year, there's no return there. And that's that really, that's a really pleasing thing now. And what you've done there, Matty, too, is, you know, when we talk about the team, because one of the key things that you've done really well is investing in your team. And I think, talk me through how, again, over that last 12 months, so in 2022, again, like we've just come out of COVID, we've had a lot of wet weather, you've had a lot of projects and that sort of doubled up to get done. Yeah, you're under man, understaffed, and your team delivered very, very impressive what your team delivered. Agree? Oh, 100%. Like, you, you can't do it without a solid team, you know. You, you just there's too much responsibility then on yourself. And, you know, I'm very fortunate with the people that work for me um, and that have been working for me for a long time. You know, the people that we've got in on board who are, who are here and here long term are, are focused. They, they're buying into what we're doing. You know, they, they enjoy what they do still, right? This is not a job. We still have passion there for the landscaping industry that we love and, you know, we get so much satisfaction out of the built product that we are lucky enough to be given the opportunity to build mm. that, um, you know, but that only gets you so far. You've got to have some sort of system in place again as we talk about and building, you know, opportunity for your staff, building goals for your staff, looking out for your staff, you know. There's always going to be something that gets thrown in the mix that, you know, is outside of work, which, you know, it ultimately becomes your um, concern or your problem or something that you need to fix. But, mm. you know, if you've got the right people around, then I think that you will do that for them anyway, you know, because you do care about your your staff and you want to provide opportunity and growth and you want to see them do well in life, and I think that's probably the best thing that we could get out of it is that, you know, it supports my family and that's great, but if we can build something for everyone mm. where the tree grows and everyone else grows and everyone's focused and we're all buying into what we're doing, you know, we want to be the best landscape contractors in the area as part of our vision and, and be, be building the best projects and designing and working with the best people and it just makes it so much better. Yeah, and I love the way you frame that about again providing opportunity for for people in your community, essentially, right? You're providing opportunity to grow, and we talk about that care and compassion. And this is where we talk a lot about 
agree, Manny. Yeah, we've got that less is more mentality where you, know, you don't need a big team to deliver great output. What you need, you need to be a very efficient team. You, know, you as a leader need to be very spot on with your planning. You know, the, we talk about planning the week ahead on a Friday, make sure everything, all eyes are dotted and T's are crossed and that, you know, you, you make the calls. But I think what you did really well in terms, again, there's no there's no surprises why you delivered such a great result is that, you know, in January 2022, you really bought into our process of that that reflection, you know, sitting down with each of your team members and getting them to reflect on the prior year. So, again, this is what, just for your listeners, just to, again, just to frame it because it's all about context is that, you know, we've just come out of 2021, very tough, tough period, you know, out of the back of COVID. We're then coming into a wet period around that time as well. Maddie's business again the prior year 2021 wasn't great it was tough you know the numbers weren't there Maddie could have easily have gone through you know starting 2022 I oh, like stuff this let's just work you know I'm not going to worry I haven't got time to sort of worry about the team per se or the individuals per se but you really again grabbed hold of this process the reflection process where you know getting each of your team members to reflect on their achievements from the previous year things that are you know holding them back things that they need help with and then investing, you know, one-on-one discussions with them, chats with them, conversations with them to get to know them and then build in their goals for 2023 now, uh, for 2022. And you've done it again this year as well. But just touch on how important you think that investment in that, you know, couple-of-week period in January 2022 was for your team to really just grab hold and, you know, that loyalty, that, that passion, that commitment whatever else, to deliver unbelievable results. Like, talk me through, and I know I want to touch on some of the emotional conversations you had with some of your team members there when you were sitting down with them, but how important was that investment at the beginning of 2023 to lead you to where you are now? Yeah, look, it, it was definitely something that obviously like as as part of working with yourself, we said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And you know, rolling out the reflection document was a great opportunity to sit down at the start of 22 and sort of refocus. And obviously, you know, we'll get to this in a minute, but we, we've done that process again this year. But just seeing the feedback through, like, say, we got us through a tough year. We had two metres of rain. You were still mucking around with this, you know, on again, off again, COVID. People still getting sick here and there. And, you know, there's still a bit of uncertainty around what was going on, but it would sort of just pushed us forward and cemented that connection between myself and the team of, right, this is what we're focusing on. This is what you are individually focusing on, and we're going to go through and implement bits and pieces throughout the working year that's just outside of what you say, that, right, let's go to work, let's get the project done, mm. to, to to really connect and sort of provide opportunity and goals for our staff to to buy into, right, like to get them excited, to get them going. And it was amazing to see that after, like say, a tough year, we got to the end, we were, we were pumped, you know, we got the jobs done, we were really happy with what, we, what we'd what we achieved as a team for the output for the year. But then rolling into this year and doing that reflection, we had a big team reset day, which was awesome at the start of the year. But then when we did the one-on-ones, we looked back at those uh, January 22 goals, right? And just to see, like, it, it blew a couple of people away, like, how much stuff that actually completed. Like, you get lost in life, right? You get lost in the go, go, go. And then to look back, all right, well, these were the goals that you set, but you actually blew them out of the park and you've done 
this and you've learned this and you've picked up these skills and it's it's more than it just being about a job, right? Like it's you're getting somewhere. Mm. You know, you haven't just done 12 months, got your wage, you know, maybe saved, maybe didn't, whatever. You've actually built on yourself personally too and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that and seeing the, seeing the boys and my team grow. And like I say, we we built on it, right? Like these success habits. We did the reflection document in January 22, but we took it to the next level this year. We did team reset day. We took a full day. We dedicated it. We went through. We said thanks for last year. We really appreciate it. We looked back at all that time that we spent through the tough times and all that good feedback and goals that we'd set and said, look, look at these projects we completed. Look at these goals and the focus. And we stopped and we said we wanted to work geographically locally and we did that for, you know, 90% of the year. And it was a really good day. But then, like I say, to, to roll out the reflection document again and and look back on the whole of 22 and all the things that people had achieved was um, really satisfying, not only for myself, but I think for a lot of the people that I sat down and spoke with. So we've we've reset the goals, right? We've changed changed the bar, <laughs> moved it up a little bit, got everyone excited for for twenty for twenty three, and I'm really keen to see how it all rolls out again, right? That's a what are we what are we going to do? You know, we're already it's February, middle of Feb, right? Like the year's ticking away super quick. Where are we going to get to? And I think um, it's going to be exciting to look back in 24 January again at how far not only the company but the individuals have have moved for themselves in terms of what they've achieved. So I'm pretty pretty pumped. Like it was, you know, and I think we say this, right, like if you can't do all of it, you know, sometimes it might be a little bit too much to do all of those things. But if you just start, like I only started, you know, say January 22 and this is the latent potential that we talk about is that, you got to start somewhere. If you ticked right. that box last year, we got we, we got great result last year based on the back of that, and then to double up and double down. And we we all walked away from that team day, um, and and reflection time, focused. You know, we've all walked away and we're focused, and people can see what we got to do to get done. And yeah, definitely worthwhile. And this is where we talk about. You know, you got to you got to take time out. You know, you got to sacrifice a day. You know, you can't look at it from a cost because well, can, it's you, an investment, can you can you not afford to can you afford to not mm. do it? It's probably the question you need to ask yourself. But right. you know, small steps. It doesn't have to be the whole hog. But mm. um, if you're continually moving forward, you'll find that latent potential. Well, I think the thing that again, those small steps, and and this is where I want everyone to understand out there that Maddie just didn't get the results just because oh, I just had a meeting. The level of detail and planning and preparation you went in there, you nailed it. And in our client community, Maddie's 10 out of 10 in terms of delivery. Everyone in our community is is pretty much using you know, Maddie as a benchmark and to roll out to conduct the team reset meetings and the reflection and then the personal you know, 2023 goals. And so what I'm talking about now to everyone listening, these are part of our processes and templates that we roll out and Maddie's just nailed it. And it's one of the key things there that I want, like what Matty was saying, it's an investment. You, if And what we always say, correct, Matty, if you're not going to do it, great, don't do it. So there's yeah. probably some people now thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm just going to have a meeting and I'll, I'll I'll talk about Reflection Document 101. But unless you're going to fully lean into it and do it well, don't do it because you'll actually embarrass yourself and you'll yeah. actually piss people off. And I've, and, I've, and look, I'm guilty of it too, right? Like this is a journey for me. Like I've, I've half-assed it and got a shit result too, you know? Like it's... It's it's about how much effort you want to put in 
you know, obviously we had a good result last year. I wanted to refocus even myself and and push things, right? Like let's if we're gonna do these things, let's you know, we're at the point now where I've got the opportunity because I'm not in the car for fucking three hours in the afternoon. Mm. You know, I've got the time to invest in this, even if it's in, you know, I, I still dedicate some of my personal time outside of work because, you know, I want to see a good result. You mm. know, I want to, I want, I want everyone to thrive. And we, and we got that with, with our team reset day. And it was really satisfying, probably more satisfying than, than, you know, completing a job because, you know, Everyone was buying in. We had a great day. Everyone walked away. We're focused. Earth start of the year. We're ready to go. Not to say there's not going to be hiccups, right? But, you know, I think that that's going to soften the blow on the hiccups. 100% what you're investing in, you can ride through those hiccups, as it were. You know, you can push through the challenges because of all this, because you're building trust, man. You know, I mean, you're building, people know that you care about them. And just to clarify, when we're talking about this reflection and the, and the goal's 23, you know, the majority it's about personal stuff. You know, like some people it's about getting up early and going swimming or trying to help them with personal savings or, you know, have a better lifestyle in terms of bed. So this is about just them as individuals. And and some of the conversations I know you've had, you know, got quite, you know, there's a lot of tears and there's a lot of emotion where it sort of brought up a lot of emotion within some of your team members. So when you get to that sort of level, the, the trust and, you know, it just goes off the Richter and, and like what we like what I said with the with our community, we have weekly community calls. I said, you know, you've set your team up to run through brick walls for you now. You know, they really because they they know that you care about them as individuals. And I love what you said. Yeah, you get more kick out of seeing this growth and develop personal development in your team, showing how they're getting more confident, how they're growing. And again, that looking back over the last 12 months, oh yeah, shit, that's right. I, how good is that? Wrote it down, made a commitment. Tick that off, tick that off, tick that off. So yeah, that's right. They're progressing as individuals. Yeah, you, you, and you got to have these goals for them, right? Like I say, it's, it's got to be more than just completing the project, kicking the root, kicking the stone down to the next job. Yeah, because yes, there's there's a there's some sort of satisfaction there, but that connection to the the personal side of things, like you say, like I reckon you, you're spot on. Like you know, I reckon. 75% of it was was personal goals, right? And they mm. were willing to share those with me, mm. um, which is amazing. Mm. And, you know, I only want the best for my team. And mm. so if there's anything that I can do to help, then I will, you know. Sometimes it's, you know, let's let's be honest, you know, you've got a business to run, but where you can, I think you, you if you can step out and, and try and help and just push people along, put them in the right direction. You know, not everyone has guidance in their life, right? Sometimes work, the workspace is their only guidance. So you need to be conscious of that um, and how you treat people. And, you know, generally if you've got a, an issue with someone, 95% of the time it's external to your company and what's going on. The world and the habitat that you create within your in your business is, is critical to how people are going to react and, you know, you need to have those open pathways and you need to understand where those people are progressing. Otherwise, you know, there's potential they just, you know, they leave and you're like, well, why was that, you know? Yeah, that's right. And it's got nothing to do with you or it's got nothing to do with the the business. There's a, there's a lot of external pressure. 100%, especially with, with phones and, you know, communication and information. It's just ridiculous right now. Mm-hmm. So it's even more important, again, to have these open dialogues and, and as you mentioned, some people, their background, they've never had support. No one's ever really believed in them. They've always been put down or, you know, they just haven't had a guidance or a, a father figure, as it were, or a mentor. So 
these are great processes that you're putting in there. And again, especially, unfortunately, in the trade space, it gets overlooked. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people now, and you know, how many years have we been talking about prepare to thrive when others survive? And especially when we talk about winning the war on talent. So we talk a lot, everyone for listening, you know, we talk about the win the war on talent. Now, win the war on talent means we want to build that brand that attracts great people. We want to build that brand that and that business that retains great people. Yeah. And that the people that are working there refer they other have people. Passion. To, have passion, right? It doesn't matter what craft you're doing. It's about building this environment, a community that, you know what, we can get this done. You know what? It's been running for two weeks and I'm two men down, but we will get this done because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. And you've created that. And this is where so many people, like how 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 many years have I been saying, Maddie, that the crucial thing that you need to do for competitive advantage is build that team, you know, be able to attract good people because that's going to be limiting. You see, yeah, you know, and now it's really, it was amplified via COVID, you know, in terms of the labour shortage and everything else that was unforeseen, you know, couldn't see what was, or, you know, there's no way you could predict what was going to happen there. But, you know, how long <laughs> have we been talking? Crystal ball, anyone? Crystal ball, yeah, that's a, that was a big crystal ball, that one. But, you know, how, how important, is it that we've been, again, part of the process, that long journey that we've been building? Again, just doesn't happen. You know, you just haven't built a strong team with, you know, like your key team members there, you know, how long have they been with you now? Like with your structure, you know, your leading hands and your, your key supervisors, they've been, you know, seven years, six years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, between six and nearly ten. Ten years, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge commitment from them, which I, I will be deeply grateful for. Whenever that you know that point is was to potentially end, right? You you can't be unhappy with that. But um, you know, like I say, coming back to we got to we got to implement these these processes to look after mm. people to 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 give them opportunity to grow. To you know, here's your opportunity. You know, here's your buying point. You know, like that, that yeah. could be you know where it is. Like, hey, look, we we've, we've all done and focused and set our goals, and this is where we wanted to get to. Like I say, like I think as a team geographically was a big one right like we've now got time more time for our families you know mm. i've got people who have you know young families like myself we can be home we can yep. get in the water in the afternoon we're not stopping at you know sandringham you know 7-eleven every afternoon at, at four o'clock when we've already been driving for an hour just to get a cold drink which used to be our thing right you know we'll just get out of the city and we'll stop there and we'll get a drink and we'll keep going like we've got time yeah, you know, we've created time through our process, uh, but it's a continual process. Like I've got to, I've got to keep the finger on the pulse. I've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep looking at the market and what the market's doing, and make sure that we align with the, you know, their values and what they see as value from us, and make sure that we can deliver um, a good quality product. And I think if we can just continually do that, and you know, front up with, you know, we care about what we're doing, you know, if there's a, if there's an issue, we'll, we'll sort it out, you know, um, and just push forward. Well, I think that's that with that care and that the care that you're showing with the team and they know that they're cared for, that then comes out on the customer, right? They, the, the feedback and the quality that's been delivered on site is second to none. And that just comes through from that, the investment in the team. And, you know, you talk about values and, you know, how important, you know, we create, Obviously, and you've nailed the way we do it here, and that's for, again, listeners, is very much the the guiding light. It's the Bible. It's a pretty simple the, the vision, a promise, and the values of what everyone needs to believe in. 
and your team drive, you know, really drive that well and, and align all their choices to the values. But because, again, of all that investment, that then comes out and delivers customer service. So many businesses just flippantly like, why aren't my team delivering? You know, why can't my team show passion? Why can't they be motivated? You can't just go out there and try and motivate someone. You've got to do what you're doing. Motivation is the outcome. It's not the initial strategy. I'm going to, you know, why aren't you motivated? Well, you haven't you haven't watered me, man. You haven't given me any investment. You haven't given me any reason to be motivated. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna I'm just gonna get out of bed. I'm gonna do the least amount as I can. I'm gonna put my hand out at the end of the week and then I'm out of here, right? I'm gonna yeah. give you nothing more. And when I've got a bit of a sniffle, I'm gonna stay in bed. Right. Yeah, that's right. I think we've built, you know, a bit of culture around like, like that alone is that like, you know, we respect each other as a team that we understand that if, you know, if one person doesn't come in, you know, that it lets all of us down and we're we're we'll step in where we need to, you know, we'll, we'll look after people who are doing the right thing, simple as that, you know. If you come in when you need to and, and you pull through for everyone else then or you or you just you simply, you know, you don't you know, you're not taking days off for the sake, take a taking days off or whatever, like we see that and we, we weed that out pretty quickly anyway. Well, that's the thing, coming back to that now where you've got the, the core team and obviously everyone buys in exactly what's required in terms of the way we do it here and the values. When you are recruiting new people now, how important, and we talk about it and obviously a lot of people would have heard it, you know, hire, slow, fire, fast, you know, using that as a guiding light. If you get new people coming in and they don't fit the mould, they don't last, agree? No, that's right. And like, you know, it's simple things, right? Like working on trying to make it different. Like I say, once again, like, you know, I get my senior guys in, you know, they sit down, they're part of that interview process. You know, we sit down, we make a, a decision together because at the end of the day, they're the guys that are on the ground working with this person. You know, I'm not always there. So it's crucial that they get some sort of input to that. 100%. Like, I think that's a key thing that, Again, for them being included in the interview process and selection process, essentially they've got ownership of who's coming on board. Yeah, that's right. And like you know, like I say, if it's if it's a younger apprentice or someone who's not as skilled, like they've they've got to teach them. You know, we the, the skills aren't you know you can't read a book like you know they need to be transferred from person to person in a face to face you know way to to get the quality that you want. So you need to be. Thinking about that when you're when you're gonna you know how are we gonna do this? Mm. How are we gonna get you know? And it comes down to the individuals, and I'm very lucky that the individuals who have that knowledge are are open to passing it on, and they want other people to learn, and they get satisfaction out of watching other people learn too, which mm. is awesome. Yeah, you really created that culture of training and development or learning, right? Everyone, like you mentioned a little while ago where you get more satisfaction out of seeing someone grow and achieve personal goals as opposed to just the project. And you're fostering that and building that into each of the individuals where everyone's really comfortable of of collaborating and growing and sharing. And again, because a lot of people, they just don't want to share or they don't want anyone else to get better than them, right, because they've got this insecurity. Uh, again, credit to building that openness, right? Yeah, we've got to get people in that want to, you know, like I say, the, the quicker you're skilled up and on the same page as us, the more benefit it is to all of us as a team. Simple as that. You know, you're not here to push a barrier. You're here to skill yourself up, understand, learn. Um, and it still comes down to the individual. They have to buy into it, right? They need to understand what they're buying into and, and get on board with that. But, you know, if it's the right person, then, you know, it, it, essentially the team is just stronger for it. Yeah. No, 100%. I think... 
Uh, and that's exciting. I'm just really excited to see where the, the team's going to go over the remainder of this year and, and then going forward, mate, which, again, we talk about that positioning. You've really positioned that your team to really succeed uh, and prosper going forward. So just to recap a couple of things. So that in terms of there's three key areas that you've really, in terms of the success habits that you focus on, you know, number one was, you know, your marketing, your sales pipeline, that saying no and being stringent on that, right? Really focusing on it, being tight with that, not saying yes to everyone. Second key component, which, you know, parallel investing in the team, showing your care, getting another team, you know, getting buy-in, you know, growth, personal development, which is cool. And coupled around that, then the third key thing is the numbers, you know, the importance of having accurate financials. And again, this is where I want everyone, you know, from our listeners and, and those that have been listening before, you'll know that, you know, numbers are the key. Like, at the end of the day, if you do not know your scorecard, you are running blind. Again, you could win all this work and not make a Zach, and that's not what we're about. Agree, Matty? Nah, not at all. Not at all. And I, I, like I say, I've been guilty of that, you know, in the past, is or, or letting the ball slip on those sort of things. But, you know, this is the thing, right? We we're in it for the long game. If you had a system and it didn't quite work, reinvent it, go again, get the numbers right, understand it better. You know, you've got time on your side. Yeah, 100%. I think, and that's that thing we're talking about, like now and making sure, like, yeah, every quote should be, don't do it. If you're not going to do your quote right, don't submit a quote. Do not submit a quote. Get the numbers right. Get it. And we talk about start from the start. Get get it right from the start. So get the quote right, the bill of quantities right, your pricing right, your margins right. The priority there then is obviously making sure purchase orders are correct, you know, managing stock on ground or materials or inventory or credits. Yeah, how important is it again? We talk about the detail, the fundamentals. Doing it is easy, right? Doing it is easy, just getting it done is easy, but getting it done really efficiently and profitably is hard. Uh, and that's where you need the numbers to really guide you in terms of the processes. How, like for you, like how do you, again, and you're a guru, little, and everyone out there, like Manny loves a good spreadsheet. He is dead set the, the number one when it comes to spreadsheets and numbers and, uh, which is fantastic. But, and again, your growth sort of self-taught in this and knowing the numbers, how much does that give you peace of mind knowing that you are in control because you know the numbers, you know the score, peace of mind knowing that because you know the numbers that you're making the right educated decisions and that you are positioning, you know, long-term. What do you think on that? How important is that? Yeah, like it has to be, it has to resolve around having some sort of benchmark to work to. How do, how do you know? No one's telling you the rules in business, right? There are no rules in business. So you need to create at least a benchmark to work to. And and you're right, it's about making that informed decision, right? Like you need to know, you need to be able to, you might need to pivot at some point and change or do something differently. And if you don't understand where you're at in that point in time, how are you going to make an informed decision mm. to to change your company or, or, or do what we did? Okay, you know what? Look, you know, we're making some money here and projects are good, but, you know, let's... Let's try something different. Let's change the geographical focus, you know, and then we can go, right, well, we knew the numbers then. We've made these changes. Now let's look at them again. How are we looking? How are we stacking up? Are we happy? You know, is this where we need to be? Are we falling short? You know, and, and you can measure that and weekly, daily make decisions around that. And, you know, it take, takes time. You've got to build a process to understand the numbers. You've got to build a system in behind to to gather the data, to spit the numbers through so you've got something to look at. Um, but it's very important to understand 
where you're heading based on the numbers because they they don't really lie. So if you're having you're having a bad month, you, you know, and I think it's all right, right? If you have a bad month or you have a bad week or one job doesn't go right, that is okay as long as you can pinpoint where you went wrong based on the numbers because then you've got an opportunity to once again make an informed decision to change how you do it on the next one or. You know why? 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 Why did I lose money on that job? Or what? What that portion of the job we got smoked on that? Like why? You yeah. know. You know, and, and a financial number is a very non-emotional way to look at it, right? Yeah. To 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 make an informed decision. It's a matter of fact. It's just mm. matter of fact. Is it the numbers? A matter of fact. Mm. I think you made a great point there, and this is where finding out the why. Is critical. Most people don't stop to find out the why. They don't want to reflect. A lot of people don't want to look at their numbers because they're scared of what they're going to see. Yeah. And again, everyone, I just implore everyone who's running a business, you know, you've got to know the numbers. You've if you don't know, get someone that can help you, but you cannot run blind or or try and be ignorant to the numbers. You need to get your head out of the sand and start to learn the numbers. Like in our community, right, Maddie? Like you'll see people. So for those who have never been involved in our community, you know, we've got a great loyal community. And there's some people when they first come in, they're not sure of their numbers, right? But you see them gradually over time get more confident. Agree? Yeah, hundred percent. And like you know, I think most people would agree that's worth with yourself or you know being part of the community that everyone gets a kick out of watching other people grow as well and, and have that turning point and understanding and having you know more confidence in about how they operate and the decisions that they're making and the you know no one wants to see anyone fail mm. you know like it's not it's not about that it's not about competition it's not about you know what are they doing it's about you know like listen like you know these are these are processes that you can put in place collaborate with other people and you know, talk to other people, bounce ideas, because, you know, sometimes in the business world, it's a lonely place, right? You know, it could be just you and it could be your partner, you know. Like I say, we talk about external pressures and there's other things going on and you're in there, you're fighting each day to get your business rocking and making money and, you know, to provide for your family, right? That's that's your number one goal. It's not about the ego. It's about providing for your family and and, and your staff and getting it right. Yeah, hundred percent. I think what you, I, I love it. It's definitely not about ego, and I love it. it's not about competition. Yeah, essentially, as business owners, we're on the all on the journey together. There's nothing better than collaborating and understanding, and whether we with numbers and you know, and, and talking about things like pricing, you know, how the margins, and, and learning off each other. And I think one of the things around that too, like how important is it getting the right accountant or the right of financial advice? Now I know for yourself. I went through a few. Went through a few, some heartaches there. And I think probably everyone's nodding in the background, whoever's listening going, yep, it's been tough to get the right people on board, but it is so important to get the right people on board uh, to help you and guide you uh, in your journey. But then once at the end of the day though, you've got to own the numbers. They're your numbers. You cannot, abdicate responsibility to someone else and say, no, my accountant, my mother-in-law's got this. Agree, Maddie, you must own it. Hmm. You need to review it on your own terms and your own benchmarks. Like, what are you What are you happy? What What does your family need? You know, like, mm. what, what does your team need? Like, you know, there's revenue and then there's bottom line profit. And, you know, you can, the one percenters are in between. You tweak them, you can make more. Or if they go wrong, you're going to make less. So it's ultimately up to your decision. But if you've got 
a thorough understanding of how it all works. You can make decisions that, you know, hopefully tweak them, the one percenters in the right way. Yeah. And the one percenters that we're talking about is, you know, the, the cost of sale percentage, you know, managing your materials, manage your subcontractors, making sure we're tied on our ordering, nothing goes to waste. If there's a variations are managed really well. If we overorder, there's credits. We make sure our planning is great so our team aren't standing around, so our wage costs are tight. You know, all these little things, you know, we don't spend things on anything that's not adding value. And you don't know that unless you look at your scorecard, right? And we talk about how you track and report every month where it's, you know, what you actually did against what you budgeted to achieve. So it keeps you fully accountable. There's nowhere to hide, agree, when you look at the the numbers. Keeps you fully accountable and, and it gives you the opportunity to look at it all. You know, like I say, if you if you overspent somewhere, that's okay, but you need to pinpoint why. Where where did you overspend? In what section was it an expense or was it a cost of sale? And I and I think once you get yourself around that, you're looking at a benchmark, the best opportunity if you're gonna start trying to, you know, give everyone a sense of, you know, we need to track this target is your cost of sale. You know, you can share that with your staff without there being any vulnerability around revenue or bottom line profit or what expenses are coming in and out. But, you know, if, you, if you're continually talking with your staff about cost of sale and, you know, listen, this, this relates to the projects. This relates to what's left over after we get the job done. And if we can work these one percenters in the right way, there's going to be more opportunity for you. You know, when you come at me and you say, I want to, I want a pay rise or, listen, I'm buying a house. I'm going to need more money. You know, whatever it may be, right? Mm. Everyone's got, like I say, external pressures. That cost of sale is a really good one to sort of start sharing with people. Say, well, you know, this is this is the benchmark. You know, I don't want you going to Bunnings three times and buying three different lots of this. You know, do you really need to buy a fifty pack of grinder discs? You know, what whatever it may be, right? That one yeah. percent better provides more opportunity. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. What you're talking about there, sharing information, like sharing your cost of sale information. So many business owners don't share the information with their team. And again, you don't have to pull the, the full blanket up and let them see everything or the, the full hood up, but showing them what's it costing you per job, what is your budgeted, maybe allocated hours or budgeted you know, quantities that need to be ordered so they understand to keep within those quantities are key to managing your one percenters. And that comes down to planning. This is where people need to slow down to speed up. As we say, you've got to, if you want to get these one percenters right, you've got to slow down, plan well, educate the team, communicate it with the team, understand they know the expectations. But again, so many people get caught in the rush, rush, rush. Haven't got time for that. Just get the job done. And they don't, then they don't even look. They get through the end of the year and they can't understand why they've got no cash in the bank. And credit to you, mate, you know, building this asset, you know, to really serve your lifestyle. Your, you know, future investments and uh, everything like that. It's great your commitment in, in terms of what you're trying to build and what you're trying to achieve for your family is a credit to you, mate. It's really, uh, it's exciting, right? And it's an exciting journey. I've been happy to be on your journey for the last, you know, nearly eight years or or thereabouts, champion, and looking forward to the next, you know, next part of the journey. Just before we finish off, mate, what's one thing you'd give as a as a key takeaway for any Someone who's been operating for twenty years and need to change, or even oh. someone that's just been op- even someone that's just starting, right? Even someone that's just starting. What's the one sort of piece of advice that you think? It's a big it's a tough question. One. Yeah. Um, look, I think get people around you that you can trust. You know, like I said, try people out. You know, there's no there's no rules in business. Um, I think that you know you need to you need to define your own goals, and so having good people around you to help you do that. 
will sort of push you in the right direction. You know, you need to you need to learn about your business, and to do that, you're going to need external help. You know, unless you're going to go to university and do a degree, um, which is going to suck up too much time. Maybe you have enough time. Awesome, but you need to get good people around you to help support your goals and your vision. Same as what you're doing for your staff, you know, by supporting them and creating goals, you need to get other people in to get around you to, to help you succeed where you want to go. Yeah, I definitely concur with that, mate. Great advice there about building that community and that support network. You, you definitely can't do it alone. And as you mentioned previously, it is lonely running your own show. So having a, uh, a like-minded community around you, especially if, with appropriate skill sets to help guide you, is critical for everyone's success so love it mate love it all right legend well thanks manny for jumping on board no worries pleasure yeah a, a great podcast and um good to finally get you on board after you know nearly three or four years of you're a busy man right i haven't been able to get you on uh, yeah, we only just made it work today just but made it work right. today we got it fit in but no great speaking mate and um, heaps of awesome takeaways yeah, no, I enjoy. I enjoy talking about it, and as I as I get you know more into it, I, I you know it really I get a lot of passion and enjoyment out of talking to other people about it. So thanks for the opportunity. You're a teacher, man. That's your new forte. Nah, right? you're the guru, mate. I know you like that guru title. <laughs> the guru. On that note, the guru is signing off. Cheers, mate. Thanks. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come to realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business.